Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John Morgan. Now today I'm going to speak from my heart and from the scripture a message that I have prayed earnestly will be clearly understood. I realize that there are children in the building and I realize that there are great, great grandparents in the building. And I know that every person here <coughs> seeks truth or you better seek truth. And the earlier you can seek truth, the quicker you'll be set free. The sooner you find out Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except by Him. When you get anchored into that, your past can be directed by the Lord, and great, great things will happen in your life. I want to speak to you today as your pastor and as a proclaimer of the Word of God, a word of caution at Christmas. I'm entitling the message, A Caution for Christmas, because I think it is very important that we focus at this time on the thing that the Father in heaven wants us to focus on and for us to understand that when our eyes are fixed on Jesus, the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. So I want to go back to the Old Testament. I want to carry you through a lot of Scripture today. The Scripture will speak for itself. There is not any need for uh, the pastor to have to explain every verse in a preaching kind of a situation, but to just let the Holy Spirit interpret the Scripture to you as we read it from the inspired, inerrant, and infallible Word of God. I'm going to read to you seven verses where I'm going to ask you to stand while I read, and then I'm going to share some other scripture with you after you're seated, but I want you to concentrate on the word as I read it with you and think about it, and then I want to make some comments, a caution for Christmas. From the 20th chapter of Exodus, verse 1, would you please stand out of respect to the reading of God's word? And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I am the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. May God bless the reading of his word, and would you be seated. I want you to listen to Luke chapter 2, a very familiar Christmas passage, but just one verse, the seventh verse. Luke 2, 7, and she, 
that's Mary, brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, for there was no room for them in the inn. I want to go over farther in the New Testament to Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I want you to listen to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. And she'll bring forth a son. You'll call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now to the prophet Isaiah, 7th chapter, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And then from the 42nd chapter of Isaiah, verse 8, I am the Lord, that is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Now I want you to try to put all that together under the direction of the Holy Spirit, and I want you to understand what we have just read. One of the things about Christmas that I must caution you about is that in all things, Jesus must have the preeminence. I must remind all of us that Jesus is the reason for the season. It is very easy to get caught up when everything seems to be going in other directions other than lifting up Jesus. I want you to think with me for a moment about the difference in a holiday and a holy day. The difference in celebrating with our love for one another and our love for things as composed to our love for Jesus and for the Father and the Holy Spirit. It is very important that we put things in perspective. It's very important that we not forget that the truth is what sets us free and the truth is that most of us at Christmas time, we spend time with our family, rightfully so. With our friends, yes, very important. And even acquaintances. But by the same token, we must be cautious that we spend so little time with Jesus. So little time just getting alone with him and celebrating the birthday of Jesus. The name of Jesus will not be, listen, on the, on the gift list of most people this Christmas. And the sad thing about it is, Jesus' name will not even be on the gift list of those that call themselves Christians. The truth of the matter is that many people that claim to be Christians will not give one moment of thought to the 3,800 unreached people groups that are on this planet right now that have never heard the name of Jesus one time when there is in place a way to get that message to them 
of the Christmas story for the first time, but it means absolutely nothing to most people when they start Christmas shopping. If there's a little bit left to give a tip, maybe so, but most of the time, absolutely nothing. We do not have the focus at Christmas many times on what it's supposed to be on. Have you ever asked yourself why on one of the most significant days of the year, Christmas, that we set aside such a little time for any substance of Jesus? The one whose birthday we celebrate. Last week I brought a message for those of you that were not here on where is the line for Jesus based on how there's a long line for Santa Claus at the mall, but where's the line for Jesus? Where are the people that are lining up and say, Lord, I've looked forward to this day when I could bring what I had and give it to you in order that you know how much I love you and how much I want to be involved in telling the world about you. This miraculous day, born of a virgin, how in the world can we show such little attention? Even get in political arguments if something like that is put on display at the courthouse square or in a public place. That people get offended that the love of God has been poured out on all mankind because of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things we have to be careful of And I'm going to try to walk through what my comments are very carefully and prayerfully. And you pray for me as I try to walk in some difficult water for a few moments. But one of the undisputed scriptural facts is that if we're not careful, Santa will rob Jesus of the attention he deserves and the glory that is due his name. It's an absolute fact, folks. And we do this sometimes because, well, we just love our children and we want them to, you know, I understand all that. I'm a grandfather. But by the same token, the thing that I want my grandchildren to know as soon as they can know is that Jesus is Lord and that he loves them and died for them and was buried and rose for them and he sits at the right hand of the father making intercession for them you see when you read about lucifer in isaiah 14 12 you remember what his problem was he didn't like the glory going to god he wanted to come to him and he was an angel became a fallen angel because god will not share his glory with anybody And we can so create as big people an atmosphere around Christmas that all the attention goes to Santa. For those of you that like to play Scrabble, I would just point out to you that the same letters are in the word Satan as in the word Santa. So be careful that you just don't get carried away that you think it's so very, very important that your child sits on Santa's knee instead of kneeling their knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. And to sense the reality of the fact that there is one who is watching over us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all over the world. 
Satan is a deceiver. He's smart enough. Listen to me. Satan is smart enough to know that anybody with a sound mind wouldn't worship him if they knew who he was. I mean, he knows that. I mean, Satan knows anybody would think for 10 minutes would not be a devil worshiper. Why would you worship me? I'm out to devour and destroy you. Jesus is out to save you and forgive you and to heal you. So Satan is very smart. Many of you have passed around something about Paul Harvey, and uh, Paul used to talk about if he was Satan, what he would do. Well, just keep, keep those things in mind for a moment. Listen to John 8, 44. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he's a liar and the father of it. Satan can use all kinds of things to deceive us and to divert us and to get us caught in to that, that web where we're so interested about entertaining and having fun and laughs and games and celebration that we forget the good stuff. Matthew 10, 16 says we're to be as wise as a serpent but it's harmless as a dove. Satan used to deceive Adam and Eve a snake. He used Delilah to deceive Samson. He used Bathsheba to deceive David. He used gold to deceive Achan. He used livestock to deceive Saul. He used real estate to deceive Ananias and Sapphira. And if you are not careful and handle cautiously, even Santa can disguise himself in some ways that people's attention go to him from the time they're that big instead of to Jesus. I'm not as smart as Satan and neither are you. But let me present to you a possibility. Let me just get you to think with me for just a moment. If you were Satan as smart as he is and he began to put something together that might draw people away in the wrong way, that he might come up with a character that could capture the attention of most people. I think if he was going to put all this together, he might come up with something. Let's, uh, this character needs to be overweight so nobody will be jealous of his physique. And uh, why don't we uh, give him silver hair so nobody will think he's young and upcoming. Uh, let's put a smile on his face. It'll be infectious to everybody. And uh, let's create a one-in-a-kind wardrobe so anybody that sees him knows exactly who he is, that nobody else would wear such a thing. And why don't we give him a perfect wife? Let me tell you what a perfect wife is. Just lets her husband work all the time and when he's not working, he gets to travel alone by himself all over the world. Now, what a great setup that would be, don't you think? And then for you antis, let's make him a lover of animals. Let's make sure that he does that because, you know, uh, children love animals. I love animals. Everybody has a little love for animals. Well, let's give that character some attributes as well. Why don't we do that? Let's, let's think how... Uh, 
we could convince the young people, and I'm talking about children, that he can do anything God can do. Wow, why would you need God? If you had one that was omnipresent, man, he's everywhere. He is everywhere. I mean, just think about it. He's in America and Africa, India, Vietnam, Thailand, Texas, Florida, Montana. Wow, what a busy night. See, see, that's called omnipresence. He's just everywhere at one time. I only know one that's everywhere at one time. His name is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And if you remember, when Jesus went back to heaven, he said, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. The Spirit of the Lord can come upon each one of us any time that he wants to. Listen to Jeremiah 23, verse 23. Am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can anyone hide himself in the secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth? says the Lord. Man, that's awesome. And he can. He is with us right now. He's with those of you that are watching on the internet, those that are listening by radio or watching television. He's there. He is there. Of course, Santa can be at Dillard's and Sears and <laughs> your party and my party and so forth and so on. But you know what? I know one that's omnipresent. His name is Jesus. And I know if you're hurting today, he's, he's here to comfort you. I know if you are disappointed today, he's ready to encourage you. If you think you're worthless and useless and you're not going to get what you wanted Santa to bring you, let me tell you, there is one that will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He knows just what I need. That was an old song I used to love to hear people sing. He knows just what I need. God knows what you need this Christmas. And he is going to provide it to you. Because he's omnipresent, he's also omniscient. He knows everything. 1 John 3.20 For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Proverbs 15 and 3 The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Proverbs 5, 21, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders his past. God and God alone is omniscient. God knows who's been naughty and who's been nice. God knows the truth. Nothing is hid from him. There is none like him. You can compare no one that can be everywhere at one time, nor can you compare anyone that has all power given to them in heaven and in earth. He is an attribute or has an attribute that is exclusively God's omniscience. And then he's omnipotent. He's omnipotent. God is all-powerful. 1 Chronicles 29, 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty for all that's in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. And then Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Well, <clears throat> I know that Santa can make things happen. 
according to what I was told when I was real small. He can make things fly through the air. Flying deer. Flying sleighs. I like flying angels. That's what I like. You say, I don't think angels are real, boy, but I believe a deer flying, so do slaves. <laughs> and it's pretty interesting they can fly without wings. That's what makes it even more. That must just mess NASA up big time, you know, out here. <laughs> just think about it. Stand flat-footed, 300 pounds, jump straight up through a chimney and land on a roof of a house. Now, you're talking about omnipotent. That's power. That is power that anybody could do that. But I tell you what, it also took power to fling the world into space. I'm going with that power. All power is given to him in heaven and the earth. And by the way, givers of gifts. Oh, listen to this. No good thing will God withhold from those that love him. James 1.17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Man, I can get in that Christmas spirit. I like the lights. I like the moon. I like the sun. I like the stars. I like the dawning of a new day. And I also know that Jesus is the light of the world. We must be careful that we not teach our children to ask Santa for what they want, but to ask God for what they want, and also saying, God, if it's not your will, thine be done. That's what Christian children ought to be taught, that there is one that is real, that's with them long after Christmas night. He is there on New Year's. He is there in July, in September, and every day for the rest of your life. You don't have to worry about that monster under the bed. There is one that's in the bed with you that's not afraid of him. And if no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper, for this is the inheritance of the children of God. The Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. We hear the scripture. Just continue to reach out. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Let me tell you something real special as I close. God sits by the Son, Jesus. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, according to the Scripture. And God is going to send Jesus back to this earth. He's coming back. John, just think of the expectancy and the excitement of this. John 14, 2, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I'll receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. God has promised to come back to this earth. Matthew 16, 27, For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to their works. The excitement of that, 
makes cold chills run up and down my back. To just think, he knows what I need for this Christmas. He knows what I'm going to need this year. He knows that some of us need a friend that's going to stick closer than a brother. Some may be looking for a mate and God has that. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need a thousand different things. But he knows and he will supply all of our needs if our focus stays on him. The Bible says be careful about looking at other gods and getting caught up in worshiping those gods, literally believing that those things will come through another one that comes to town instead of Jesus who came to this earth to save this world. It's a form of idolatry to worship anything but God. We can unwillingly and unknowingly lay before our children, listen to me, deceit and distrust if we're not real careful. We can tell them things when they're real young and when things change a little later, they wonder, now why should I believe that what you're telling me now is going to help me four years from now? Because I'm not sure. Because I'm not sure. But if you tell them about Jesus, he's sweeter as the days go by. I'm so glad that somebody told me and my mother and daddy were the premier ones, but I thank God for Sunday school teachers. I thank God from school teachers I had that were Christians. I thank God for parents of my friends that were Christians, and that when we went over to their house, they had prayer at the dinner table. They would have their devotional times and so forth. I thank God that all through those years that I had people around me that helped me to find truth. And that truth has never failed me. So quickly, I just give you some suggestions. By the way, these are the ten suggestions, not ten, but there are a few suggestions. They're not commandments. I will remind you the other ones, though, are commandments. They are not the ten suggestions, just in case you get these confused. These are the ten commandments. These are some suggestions. Suggestion number one is always tell your kids the truth. Number one, you won't have to worry what you said. You won't have to remember what you said. Now, when you get my age, you may have to remember what you said, but uh, for all uh, practical purposes, just tell them the truth. The Mickey Mouses, the Bugs Bunnies, the pretend characters, the Easter Bunnies, the Santas, the Tooth Fairies, be careful. Have fun with it, but don't worship it. Don't instill this in the mind of a little child that holds on to every word. Anytime you say the word Santa, you ought to say the word Jesus a hundred times. Just offset it. Your chances are better that they'll remember Jesus. He's fun, but he isn't real. Number two, Santa is a symbol that could remind you of the joy that comes from giving. I think it's good that Christmas remind us all to be givers and not takers. But I don't need Santa to tell me that. God tells me that. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Right. And you don't have to wait to, to Christmas to give that special gift to that special person that you love. None of us know what another day is going to bring. Right. Another one, never ascribe the attributes of God to a fictitious character. Please don't do that. There's only one God. 
There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. But don't be a fanatical idiot about going and say, shut your eyes, we're fixing to walk by Santa Claus in the mall. Shut your eyes now, don't you look? <laughs> Come on. You teach people truth, they can recognize truth from error. Amen. They can tell a real beard from a false beard. And they don't have to go too far in aviation before they start questioning that sleigh flying <laughs> from the North Pole. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. But be sure to always differentiate between the spiritual and the secular. Don't mix the two together. Think with me. Is Jesus all we need? Certainly. Is this a time to give? Yes. Is it a time to be thankful? Yes. Is it a time to love? Yes. Is it time to celebrate? Yes. Is it time to have fun? Yes. But who ought to get the glory? Why should we be celebrating? Because if we know Jesus, we're free. We're free. We're free. And we can move about in any culture and know that we know that we know that the true God who died buried, rose, and ascended, and is coming back, lives in my life. And I can have fun, and I can enjoy Christmas. You might think about what would happen if you totaled up all you spent this year for secular gifts and gave God an equal amount to missions to get the story, the Christmas story, the Jesus Christmas story, to the uttermost part of the world. What size would your check be? Celebrate, singing, birthday cakes for Jesus, church services like tomorrow, praying at the dinner table, reading the Christmas story. But most of all, tell somebody about Jesus. I don't mean as a historical character. I mean Jesus is my Savior and my Lord, and he wants to be your Savior, and he wants to be your Lord. The baby of Mary is the God of salvation. Oh, what a Savior. Tell the story over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. It's all about Him. Have fun. Don't eat too much. Remember that a moment on the lip is a lifetime on the hip. Remember that your children need somebody that they come to and trust to tell them the truth. You'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. God honors truth because he is truth. And all the other stuff can take care of itself. I want you to think about this one thing as we close. Do you know the true God? The true giver? The true omnipresent? omnipotent God do you know him if you are disappointed under the Christmas tree can you be assured that on the tree of the old rugged cross one bought me with his life and I know him and I love him and he's too good to commit a wrong and he's too wise to make a mistake and I am going to do what I can in whatever way possible 
to get out the true Christmas story. Just a word of caution. But I think it's important. Jesus is Lord. Would you say it with me one more time? Jesus is Lord. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? You say, I've got to hurry and get out of here. I still have some things that I need to get before tomorrow. Could I encourage you to do something? If you don't know the Lord, that's the number one thing you need. You say, yeah, which door do I go to? You just go right out here in this foyer. And as soon as you step in the foyer, if you go out this door, look to the left. If you go out this door to my left, look to the right. You'll see a big sign that says Connection Center. If you will go in there right now, in just a few moments, just a few moments, you can be able to receive money, something money can't buy and death can't take away from you, and it's called salvation. It's free. It is free. None of us know what another day is going to bring. I hope you will not put off what is imperative in your life. One of our former members, Bud Gregg, Suddenly killed in a car wreck this week. One of the early members of Sagemont Church. Fernandez family sitting right here on the fourth row. And last night they said a temporary goodbye to Sergio's father, 72. The whole family's here worshiping today. Their hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. You don't know. That wasn't the way they planned to celebrate Christmas. But I tell you one thing. God is good all the time, and he wants to come into your life. What a day to do it. To the glory of his name, on the birthday of his son, you receive him into your life. So go back there. There'll be men and women there to talk with you, some that speak Spanish if you'd rather speak Spanish. Right there in that Connection Center, don't go away from here without Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, we pray now as we sing this closing song. You throw, arm, you throw wide your arms and say, whosoever will may come. And we open the doors. And we say to people in this building that we're responsible to right now. They chose to come to Sagemont today. And there is that place. There's room there for them. And there's room at the cross. They could slip in and in a moment receive that gift of eternal life. If they're willing to confess their sin and repent of it, not to people, but to you. And oh God, would you do what only you can do now? There may be one watching on the internet, and in the quiet place where they might be sitting, they could say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Come into my heart. I receive my gift of salvation. I want to be born again. And, Lord, I know that you'll speak to them there, and I thank you for it. But bless us here in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray that today's message has brought you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at Sagemont Church in the Worship Auditorium. For more information, check us out at www.sagemontchurch.org.